Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Pure Worship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Dio, and my total passion in life is to do anything and everything I can to help you get closer to God. I figure if we can do that, it's going to impact every other area of your life. From your finances, to your family, to your job, and without a doubt, your eternity. Sure, we'll talk musical worship, but more than anything, we'll talk fellowship and real friendship with our Heavenly Father. Abundant life done right. Our mission at the Pure Worship Podcast is to help you discover or rediscover that walking and talking full of purpose connection with God, that you might also empower others in the same way. So be encouraged and join the conversation as we go on the journey together. Today on the Pure Worship Podcast, Josh and I encourage each one of us to take a hard look at the level of our own personal worship expression as we dissect the topic of rejoicing and trembling. There are many different ways to approach God in worship, yet we typically worship Him in the way we were raised or how we're most comfortable, all as a reflection of our own personality. While this may not be a bad place to start, we must be open to a paradigm shift at the point where we're confronted with the scriptures that convincingly invite us into out-of-the-box worship expression. Thing is, there's just not much in the kingdom that allows us to do things however we feel or however we see fit. You see, worship is a biblical, spiritual response to a holy God, and it doesn't start with our ideas but with his. A couple things to expect. Josh introduces us to a powerful both and scripture in the book of Psalms that really challenges us to avoid approaching God from one extreme or the other. And I explain why having truth without spirit leaves us high and dry with only dead religion. All right, let's pray and we'll jump into it. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the direction in your word that you provide concerning how we should approach your throne. Please, Lord, open our hearts and our minds to your instructions over our preferences and meet us in these next few moments. We thank you for all of what you've done and all of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go ahead and get started with this Tuesday's Pure Worship Podcast entitled Rejoicing and Trembling. Josh, how you doing, man? <laughs> Jeff, welcome to the Pure Worship Podcast. Oh, thanks so much. I appreciate welcome. your friendliness. I'm so glad. Hospitality <laughs> is wonderful. I'm so glad uh, you're you're here, Jeff. And thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I love about you, dude, is we, we do this Marco Polo thing sometimes. If you oh, don't have that app, you guys should get it's it. Great, but like seriously, this guy. I'll always be excited when I see that I have a Marco Polo from Josh Edwards because I never know what's going to happen. Like he'll just, he'll get the goofiest, like you put his gum up and like his, uh, some of his teeth are showing like this, you know, and, and he'll just stare at the camera oh for like, with, with his eyes crossed for like 60 seconds. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's wrong with this guy? Anyways, I love that. Well, stuff. Jeff, I have the idiot anointing and I, uh, <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I flow, you know what I mean? Oh. Dude, in all seriousness, uh, Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. I 
I'm pretty pumped just because of what we're going to be talking about yeah. today. Because for a while now in your book, uh, Awakening Pure Worship, we've been talking a lot about uh, who God is. But I'm really excited about now that we're going to turn a corner and talk about the practicality of how does this manifest in our life. Yeah, it's it's a huge thing, right? Because we have these four sections of the book. You got the what, the why, and then you got the who. who right. And we said if you don't have the who, then you might as well not even worry about the how or the what or the why. So we, we've been talking about the who. Now, like you said, we're going to turn a corner. We're going to talk about the how. Yeah. And this is really, I mean, you know... <laughs> If you, if you tell a friend, go listen to the Pure Worship podcast, you might just want to start with the how, you know, that's our tendency. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Because you need to figure out the other stuff first. Absolutely. But the yeah. how is the practical stuff. It's the stuff that we want to quick get to, right? We want to be like, oh, how can I change my life? Okay, boom, check it off the list. <sighs> but these are the principles. And, and as I was praying about this and writing the book, I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to say here? Mm. What is the how? Because one thing I don't, I promised myself I would never do is I would never write a book where I said, step one, two, three, four, five, and you're done. Yeah. Because it's we put these formulas to things that, that just take the spirit of God out of it. Yeah. So that's what I'm not trying to do with this book. But what I want to do is I want to highlight some things that I feel like Jesus is highlighting yeah. in the Bible. As he reveals himself, as he reveals people that he honors or highlights, stories that he highlights in the Bible, right? So in these next few podcasts, we're going to hit on a bunch of different areas of the how. What does a person who is an awakened worshiper look like? Yeah. And what characteristics do they have that I want? And then how can I develop those? Uh, how can I become the person? How can I become like Esther? How can I become like David? How can I become that guy? You know, how did David become the guy who shouted down Goliath and then yeah. went and cut his head off? I mean, yeah. a little teenager dude, how does he get the, the courage to do something like that? You know, yeah. I want to be that kind of person, not yeah. just in the way that I worship with singing, but in who I am, yeah, you know? And so that's what we want to look at. We want to look at, um, so in the last podcast, we did talk about uh, kind of a balance in worship or balance yeah. in understanding who God is. Yeah. Because we said in order to be able to respond properly, you have to have the proper revelation. Correct. We talk about worship being a revelation and a response. Yeah. So in order for us to respond right, we need to have the proper balanced revelation of who God is. Is he king? Is he friend? He's both, right? Correct. We established all that. So, but now what what is our response to him being king and friend? He is also calling us to be a both and people who respond with both. If he is to be reverenced, but also to be uh, walked with in intimacy, then we need to be able to respond to who he is. Yeah. So we can't just come to him with trembling. Yeah. I wrote a little poem in the beginning of the book. Yeah. It's a kind of reminiscent of... Uh, Theodore Giesel, uh, Dr. Seuss. Yes, it exactly. It's it goes like this, friends. It goes like this. It goes, one fish, two fish, <laughs> red fish, blue fish. No, what is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, no, it actually is reminiscent of Dr. Seuss. So it goes like this, right? Some come singing, some come dancing, some come quiet, some come fearful, some come reverent, some come reckless, some come joyful. Some come tearful. Do you like that? Do you like my reference to reckless love? <laughs> oh, oh, man, come on now. I had to get that in there. 
uh, but the Grinch who lived just north of Whoville was recklessly in love. Wow. Oh my gosh. So that's a know, good little poem, Jeff. I like it. I like it. It's a cute it. little poem. Some folks worship like they're in the funeral home, Josh. Yeah. While others worship like they're in a dance club. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but you know, I mean, some people worship like they're in a funeral home, yeah. like everything's dead I, and it's lifeless and horrible. And some people worship like they're going crazy right. in a dance club. Which is best? I think that's part of our question today. Is like, Ooh. is is there a best? Is it a both and? Does it mean that some people can worship this way and others can worship that way? Mm. Or is there a way that we could all worship both ways? I don't know. I think we're going to look at it here. Um, What is balance in worship? Well, balance in worship is refusing to overemphasize one particular aspect of worship that we understand or are familiar with at the expense of the complete picture. Hmm. Okay. So again, how you grew up, the way that you were raised, you may be more of a rejoicing person or you may be more of a trembling person. Uh, you have these, uh, one of my favorites is uh, when we talk about, we, we reference our time with the Lord oftentimes on this podcast as the secret place. Yeah. Secret place means spending time alone with God. Well, when I was growing up, we didn't call it the secret place. <laughs> Can you guess what we called it? Come on, what's the most common <clears throat> phrase that we use for at least... In my little world, it was common. I don't know. It was just me. Was it quiet time? It was. It wasn't the Jesus zone? No. Or the... It wasn't auto zone or Jesus zone. Auto zone. <laughs> you call it quiet time. <laughs> yes. Quiet, we call it the quiet time. time. And I got to yes. tell you, that's what we always reference it. And one day when I was talking about the quiet time, I said, you know what? That's dumb. Because a lot of times I have a loud time with God. Yeah. <laughs> and people think that the only time to be in the secret place, I lo- that's why I like the secret place better. Because quiet time means you need to sit quietly before the Lord. And you know what? Sometimes we do. But other times you need to dance and shout and get crazy and and angry even. You know, David did all that stuff. But Jeff, it's the secret place. Yeah, but you could still be loud in the secret place. Hey man, I hear you. I hear you. But it's funny, the language that's kind of put out. Quiet time. I I grew up with quiet time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and I like to, I like that type of thing because it messes with our perspective. That's good. You go, I want to have a loud time with God. People are like, what? That's kind of weird. <laughs> well, yeah, it is, but yeah. it shouldn't be. Yep. That's the thing. You need to, you need to shift your perspective and stop embracing the quiet time mentality. Yeah. Embrace the both and. Yeah. And if you're a loud time person, you need to start embracing quiet time too, because both are important. Yes. Yeah. That's so, really good, man. Yeah. You want to look at that, that scripture in Psalms? Yeah, absolutely. So, friends, this is Psalm 211, and this is the, the Holman version. It says this, Serve the Lord with reverential awe and rejoice with trembling. Oh. So, or one translation says, worship him with reverence, and then, but also worship him with rejoicing. Yeah. And so, is it one or the other? And again, what we're trying to do in this podcast today is just really explain that it really is both. It's reverential awe. I mean, man, I, I think of, uh, when I think of that, I think of uh, Hebrews 12. It says that, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that can't be shaken, let's yeah. worship God with reverence yeah. and awe yeah. and be thankful for our God is a consuming, consuming fire. fire. So, right? man, you just said something earlier, like, is he a consuming fire or is he Abba that you yeah. climb up into and you're held by him? And the answer is, yeah, it's yes, it's both, man. Yeah. It is, is he the Jesus who 
in Revelation 1 or, you know, that, yeah. that says there's fire in his eyes and his hands and feet are like burnished bronze and his hair and his face yes. is white as well. Is it that or? Yes, it is. Yeah. Is it Jesus, the humble man who died on a cross? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's, it's all of that. Yeah. Well, and this scripture it really came to my attention the first time in a little songwriting retreat years ago, Matt Redman was actually leading and, and kind of teaching us a little bit about the both ands yeah. and how we can incorporate those things into songwriting, cool. how the church needs to have that stuff in our songs. And so he actually took us to that passage. And I remember this Psalm 211. It has that paradox of rejoicing and trembling. Yeah. And, and Josh, if, if I could just ask you a favor, if, <laughs> if right now, if, if, if the people could close their eyes, well, if you're driving, don't close your eyes, but if they could just close their eyes and imagine Josh, even if you've never seen him before, <laughs> look him up, look him up on YouTube. Jesus. You can see his picture. Imagine Josh, and he's going to give you a demonstration real quick <clears throat> of what it looks like, maybe even sounds like, to rejoice and tremble in worship. Go. All right, Jeff. Well, first, what you got to do is you got to stand up. You got to put your feet shoulder length apart. Okay, got and it, then got you got to begin oh, swirling and oh, twirling, like got a, it? spinning like a top. Okay, okay. And then also going, ah! wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh. So that's, I mean, that's the rejoicing and the trembling. So the rejoicing was the spinning part. The spinning and yippee, yes. And the woohoo, and then the oh no. (laughs) So you have the woohoo and the oh no. This is a bad idea. Going at the same time. Jesus help me. I mean, that's crazy, right? Yeah. Hey, and what's cool is, I think one of Matt's first albums, if I'm not mistaken, it was actually called The Friendship and the Fear. There you go. That's full circle. Man, yeah, it's full circle. Imagine a 300-pound man doing that kind of stuff, and <laughs> I'm telling you, I would do it in Jeff's studio here, but I think, you oh, know, we might break, break something. Oh. We might break something. We might break the mic. Moving right along. Moving <laughs> right along. But seriously, right? How do you come to God with rejoicing and trembling. You know what? You don't in the natural. Mm. That's impossible. And of course, we're not saying that you have to come with rejoicing and trembling at the same time all the time. But it really is an attitude. And this is what we get into when we talk about the supernatural power of the Spirit of God that lives in us. How can I do this? I can't. But I can through Christ who gives me strength. I can marry this attitude of rejoicing and trembling in my worship. And if I only come with rejoicing, I don't have the full picture. If I only come with trembling, I don't have the full picture. And if I don't have the full picture, then I probably don't have the picture at all. Well, and you had said this, man, and I can't remember if it's in the book or not out of chapter 15, but it says uh, the way that we see him is how we worship him. Absolutely. Yes. Basically, your picture of him is going to manifest in how you worship him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we got both. We got the both. We have the trembling, rejoicing, we have the loud time, the quiet time. I mean, the Bible is full of these things. I mean, when you think of trembling, you think of things like quiet, bowing low, reverence, far from God, holiness, fear, God as king, hymns, songs about God, mm. uh, being still, funeral home, all that stuff. When you think about rejoicing, you think of loud, dancing, shouting, freedom, grace, boldly drawing near, God as friend, buddy, maybe even homeboy. Ooh. I've seen those caps, right? Jesus is my homeboy. That's I don't right. know. 
choruses, songs sung to God. Hmm. Which is better, songs about God or songs to God? I grew up with songs more about God. Yeah. But guess what I did, Josh? When I discovered songs to God, I threw out the songs about God. Mm. And Jesus said, uh-uh-uh. <laughs> He's like, no, I want both. Like yeah. it's, it's powerful to declare songs about God. You're singing bold truth about who he is. Yeah. But then you also need those intimate songs that are to God, yeah. from you to God. That's good. The whole scripture is full of all these both ands, right? The Bible tells us in John 4, 23, he wants us to worship in spirit and in truth. truth. Man, guess what? We make whole denominations based around the and of those three words. Wow. What's the most important word in spirit and truth? And. And. Right? But we make whole denominations who base their whole world on spirit or what they believe is spirit and others who base their whole thing on truth Truth. or what they believe is truth. But listen to this. If you think you have spirit, but you don't have truth, all you have is empty emotion. Wow. Think about that. If you think you have spirit, but you don't have truth, all you have is empty emotion. And if you think you have truth, but don't have spirit, All you have is dead religion. Wow. So this is why that and is the most important word in those three words, because we need both and. Yes. We need the spirit and the truth. We need heart and mind. Come on. Right? We need heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, some people come to me and they'll say something like, well, Jeff, you know, I, I just worship God from my heart. And I joke with them. I'm like, well, that's great. You got a fourth of it, right? You know, because Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. He didn't yeah. say, just love the Lord with all your heart. So some people tend to worship God with their mind, but they don't worship God from their heart. Yeah. Hey, that's great that they're worshiping God with their mind. That's a good step in the right direction. Yeah. Some people who are real physical expression people, they can find themselves just worshiping God with their strength, their bodies. Yep. But they forgot to worship God with their mind come on or their heart it's an incomplete picture or an incomplete expression really I mean I I think of uh, funerals where you go and well the brother had a really quiet faith (laughs) and I'm like that's that's did you really just go there I I, I did (laughs) you did I had to Jeff go well because what it is is I'm sure that people have genuine love but the Lord is calling us into so much more in this arena of expression heart soul mind strength that's right that's good. I mean, you think about it too, even Old Testament, New Testament, you think of Old Testament as fasting, weeping, and mourning. Hey, can you turn to James chapter four, yeah. verse eight through 10? James chapter four, verse eight through 10. Because we think of Old Testament as fasting, weeping, and mourning, and the New Testament as joy, happiness, and wonder, you know. But you would be surprised that you could actually find fasting and weeping and mourning in the New Testament. Sure. This is one of the most amazing passages because it starts off with one of the most popular worship verses of all time. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. But Josh, do you know what the Bible says that drawing near to God looks like? Could you read it to us, please? I'd rather not. uh, (laughs) Making me a little bit uncomfortable here. Oh yeah, here it is, cats. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners. Wait, wait, wait. It's still the same verse now, right? It's not even a new verse. Right? (laughs) Wow, that was amazing. (laughs) Sorry. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. All right? Cleanse your hands, 
sinners. Uh oh. <laughs> and purify your hearts, double-minded people. Wait, this is James. This is my this is New Testament. This is my homeboy. What? Your laughter must change to mourning. What? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, what? Uh, I'd rather not. Keep it's, going. And your joy to sorrow. What? Humble yourselves before the Lord. Okay, wait, stop. Stop uh, right there. We gotta wait, because the best part's still at the end, but we gotta wait for that. Okay, listen, right? Isn't it Isaiah that does the exact opposite? It says beauty for ashes? Yeah. So we think of Old Testament as the down, the negative, the bad. But in the Old Testament, Jesus is saying, I'll give you beauty for your ashes. You give me your ashes, I'll give you beauty. Yeah. And what's he saying in the New Testament? Your laughter must change to mourning and your joy to sorrow. Right? Wow. Seems like so often God is flipping things on us from how we normally think. But maybe it's because we flip our thinking from how God designed it to be. Guys, we don't like being told how to worship. We might even get a little ill-tempered about the whole thing. But don't we trust the Lord? Don't we believe He has our best interest at heart? If He's asking us to break outside the box we've kept our worship expression in, don't we believe it's because He is doing this for our benefit? He certainly doesn't ask the quiet person to shout out to hurt them, and He certainly doesn't ask the loud person to be still to punish them. He does it all for our good. So listen, some of you out there are looking for a trustworthy place to give a year-end gift. And if that's you, we want you to know that you can partner in Martha and I's ministry, Worship City Ministries, as we endeavor any which way we can to help people get closer to God. And we believe that there's just nothing more important than this one thing. And you can help us by simply making your tax-deductible donation through PayPal by using the email jeff at jeffdo.com. Simple as that. Okay, as we get back into the conversation, I unpack the importance of understanding God as a rock and as a wind. And Josh reads a seriously deep scripture from Ecclesiastes that will blow your minds as it applies to worship. So get yourself ready, get yourself set, and let's go as we keep things rolling with the Pure Worship Podcast. That's crazy, that right? That is crazy. Now, New Testament, now of course the beauty of this is he doesn't leave us there, Yeah. but he does call us in worship yeah. in the New Testament yep. to come with sorrow yep. and mourning. And guess what happens when we do? Finish that verse. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Wow. So there's an exaltation in the yes. humility. There's yes. a, a building up after yes. the tearing down. Yes. But the tearing down has to happen. And see, our modern churches need to have this revelation. Yeah. Pastors, if you're listening, I'm telling you, you're afraid to have moments of mourning and sorrow in your service because you're afraid it's going to impact negatively the offering plate. Ooh. But I'm telling you, and you don't do it for this reason, but if you will allow people to experience the pain of their own sin and repent for it in your service, 
they will rip their wallets out and throw them in the plates. Not be, And that's not what we're trying to do, but it's because they, as Jesus then lifts them up and exalts them because of their repentance and mm-hmm. their sorrow, you'll have true peace in their hearts. And they're going to give more than they would have ever given if yeah. we only sang songs of joy in our services. And I think some churches even uh, avoid these kind of things, man, because uh, maybe in the past, it's been all about emotionalism and that kind of stuff. And totally. so then pastors stay away from it totally. because they want something real and authentic and not fabricated. Yeah. But what's happening is that we've lost that place of reverence yes. and that place of holy fear yes. of conviction of sin. And man, yep. the Lord, you know, the Lord wants to deal Absolutely. with us on things. And sometimes we don't allow ourselves to go that way because we are afraid to make it all about emotions. Yes. But yep. then we miss out on something that the Lord has for the body yep. of Christ. Or we even think that the blood of Jesus wiped away all that stuff. So therefore it all has to be positive Christian music. Yeah. Right? Oh man, hit Christian radio, whatever. But but here we're saying from the New Testament there is scriptural precedence for mourning and sorrow in worship. That's really good. And we've got to go there. I love it. Bob Coughlin in his book beautifully titled Worship Matters. I would have probably titled my book that had it already been taken. <laughs> Worship Matters. It's so good, right? It Bob, is. if you're listening, we love you. All right. So, uh, but he has this awesome section where it goes through all these healthy tensions. They're in the Bible, kind of the both ands. Goes through the head versus heart, right? Mm-hmm. We want head and heart. We said that truth and spirit. We want transcendent and imminent. That means God is both far away and he's intimate. He's close, yeah. right? We want one or the other typically, but no, in reality, we want both. Is worship about internal or external? Is it about outward expression or is it about inward connection? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes, yes, we want both, right? What about vertical versus horizontal? Well, in worship, we want to love God and love people. Yeah. Uh, what about the planned versus the spontaneous? We war about this in our churches. You know, we've got a lot more of the planned thing happening, but God is a rock, which represents the planning, and he's also a wind, yep. which represents the beautiful balance is what we're looking for. It represents the unplanned or the spontaneous, the spirit moving in ways that we wouldn't expect him to. So we in worship, we want the planned and the spontaneous. Yep. What about rooted versus relevant? The unchanging message versus changing methods, yeah. right? We want both. What about skilled versus authentic? Boy, I could talk about this one for a long mm. time, bro, because people see these as opposites. Yeah, they see yeah. one as taking away from the other. Yeah. If you have authenticity, you can't have skill. If you have skill, you can't have authenticity. And they are two sides of the same coin. Yeah. They're both spiritual. And all you have to do is turn to Psalm 78, 72, where David was said to have been a man who led the people with skilled hands and a true heart. Yeah. It's a both and. Uh, what about discipleship versus evangelism? Uh-oh. We're always fighting about that one. Well, we got to have both. Whole denominations and ministries form around this argument, wow. which is more important. Well, you got to have the both and. What about event-driven versus everyday? Right? We got to have the both. We have the big corporate gatherings, the stadiums, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's not just about that. It's also about the everyday. It's about the small That's group. That's good, man. The Bible studies, all that That's stuff. That's good. About house church versus the temple gathering. Same thing. I can take you to two places in Acts that specifically says, Acts 2 and Acts 5, where it specifically says, and they met in the temple and in homes daily. So yeah. it's both and. That's great. All right, you're going to read for us uh, a passage that I love. It's from Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Ecclesiastes 
three, one through eight. And this is this is one of those that you kind of got uh, stoked Dude, about. Dude, I got like <laughs> a bomb dropped on me, man. This is so crazy. Now, friends, before I start talking about the scripture here, think about this in the area of worship. Like typically I've always thought about this. Oh, you know, this is a popular scripture that's read at funerals or at, at whatever kind of thing. But in the area of worship, you guys, a light bulb went on for me. Now look at this, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die in worship. A time to plant and a time to harvest in worship. A time to kill and a time to heal in worship. I'll pause real quick on that. Yeah, break that up. So the whole thing is a time to kill. Guys, there are times that the Lord is calling you to put to death the flesh or put to death something in you that isn't right between you and God. And there's also a time to heal. And sometimes the Lord is just asking you, I want you to kill that thing right now during, uh, during worship. Yes. As you're seeking him in the secret place, the Lord will highlight things to have killed and then brought to life and resurrected again. Look at this. A time to tear down and a time to build up. There are walls that need to be torn down yes. in our life. Yes. That this, this place of worship, as we're expressing love with heart, soul, mind, and strength, God's going to highlight. And then there's going to be other times that the Lord's going to say, this is something that I really want you to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. Guys, there are opportunities in worship for this. Mm, yes. A time to grieve mm. and a time to dance, man. Uh-oh. I've been around some dancers in, in my charismatic and Pentecostal yep. background, and I felt like the Lord has said, hey, maybe you should just sit down. Yes. Maybe you should just chill out for a little bit. Maybe you should lay down. Yes. Uh, I've also told the people who kind of stand there and just, I just worship the Lord reflectively, Mm -hmm. quietly. I would encourage them. Maybe the season is the Lord is saying, step up. Let your voice be heard. Let your shout out. Look at this. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. Sometimes there's things that the Lord, again, wants to uproot and dig up or stuff like a farmer. You know, I was just, I was just in a combine with a buddy and there's all these stones that pop up during Uh, when it's not harvest time and they got to go out and they pick stones guys sometimes there are things that God is going to surface through the Holy Spirit that you're supposed to get rid of and then times to gather them and to form remembrances you know like the Israelites a time to embrace and a time to turn away a time to search and a time to quit searching Mm. (laughs) come on man sometimes sometimes in our lives we go root digging Lord what's the root what's the problem what's the thing in me and the Lord is saying maybe you should just quit searching just trust me yes. you know like th- this is yes. so just be at peace this is so rich oh. in this thing man a time to keep and a time to throw away mm-hmm. a time to tear and a time to mend mm-hmm. maybe the Lord will highlight a dysfunctional relationship or something as you're adoring yes. him yes. the Lord actually says hey that's an old patch or that's an old wineskin I need you to have yep. a new thing I need you to tear that off um, a time to be quiet and a time to speak come on my introverts and my extroverts let's go here it is like it doesn't matter what personality type you have sometimes the lord is going to say be quiet and reverence me uh you know and then another time it's going to be speak up and you have a word and you speak out in obedience Mm -hmm. a time to love and a time to hate weird weird one here but it goes back to that kill and heal thing well and two we think of oh hate is is something where is he saying we need to hate people but no, even the Bible says that God hates the sin. Yes. We don't we hate the sin because of what it does to people. Because yep. we love people, we hate 
that sin it is is destroying my my family member or yeah. my brother or my wife or husband. I hate that sin. I hate the ways of this world. In comparison to the love that we have for our God, we should hate those things. And if obedience is the highest form of worship, guys, sometimes being obedient, the Lord actually will have you highlight something in somebody else's life, almost like a Nathan and a David situation. Yeah. You know, there's a time to say, hey, the Lord hates this sin, and you got to step out in obedience if you're worshiping him properly. Look at this, a time for war and a time for peace. Let's go. Dude, Jeff, guys, there is a time to make war Let's in go. worship. Yep. There is a time to make peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, yes. for they will be called the sons and daughters of God. But guys, there are times that you have to step up and step in and make war in your expression of your worship. I know there, there have been some times, dude, where I've been on a drum kit. It yeah. happened. I was just in Tampa. And we went into this song, and I just start, and I felt like I was making war on the drums in the spirit, and it was changing stuff. So all that said. And and I want to say that to people listening right now. Yeah. Like, if there are chains that are binding you, if there's an enemy called depression or fear or worry that's attacking you, we're telling you this whole thing, get in this secret place and war war in worship, because there is a time, just like we talked about earlier in a couple podcasts before Paul and Silas as they were singing they're in the dungeon they're in the prison and as they began to lift up their voice and war really that's what they were doing they were warring the spirit by giving praise and honor to God they're warring and then the chains broke the doors of the prison flung wide open people got set free and so we're saying to you right now if that's you begin to war because there's a time for war and there's also a time for peace. peace So good, man. I don't know. That was just, that was revelatory for me. I've never looked at that portion of scripture and attached it to worship. And it's amazing how your perspective can shift because you read that as just like a general life scripture. Like, oh, okay, cool. That's life and death, all that stuff. Yeah. Wisdom. But if you apply it to a certain aspect of life, so good, man, you know, then it, it just brings a different light to it. Again, what we're talking about here is, and I haven't said this yet, but it's important for you to hear this. We cannot worship God based on our personality. Yeah. Uh, your, pers- your personality is unique. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. But God is giving you a supernatural personality. Mm. You don't want to stay living in your natural personality. You want to stay living. You want to move into your new nature. He's, give, he's created you anew. He's made you a new creation. He's giving you a new personality. That means even if you're naturally a quiet person, you can develop a spiritual boldness. Right. Come on. Come on. Right. Yeah. You can still stay with a quiet voice. That's okay. You could still be bold in the way that you say. You don't have to be loud. Now, but I would say this. What, what about the story with Jericho? Right. What about this story? What, what about everybody's out there? Joshua's given the instructions. He's saying, guys, now look, we're going to march around the city at the right time. The priest's going to blow the trumpets. And I want you guys to shout with everything within you. And those walls are going to come down. One guy in the back, he raises his hand. Fred. Fred. Right. Well, we're sorry, Fred. If your name's Fred, don't take offense. All right. So he raises his hand in the back. Josh points to him. And the guy in the back says, uh, Josh. Uh, like, like I'm not really a shouting kind of person. Of course, he's shouting right then, right? Isn't that, the, isn't that what we do, right? That's so right? good. Maybe he would say, Josh, I'm not really the shouting kind of person. 
Uh, and then everyone in the crowd just slowly steps back away from that guy. And the lightning bolt comes. Wait, wait, no, no. Oh, <laughs> but see, Lordy. point being here, everyone has to shout. Yeah. Because it wasn't a matter of personality, but every voice counts. You know, imagine like God is telling them everyone needs to shout. If everyone will stand together, one heart, one voice, one shout, lifting up the shout of faith, then I will join my shout with your shout and I will knock the walls down. Yes. And here's the thing. Has anybody, you know what it makes me think of? It makes no. me think of Horton Here's a Who. What? Oh, Jack, what are you talking about? Yeah, well, JoJo, man. Oh. Like the mayor of Whoville or whatever. Yeah. And his son. I don't know if you guys have read the book or seen the movie the or movie, anything. The movie, Jim Carrey, so man. Oh. So the whole thing is everybody's making the noise and banging hoontunkas and yeah. flopping bloggins and all that stuff. <laughs> Tartukas, I don't even know. <laughs> and then they're they're waiting at the end and they can't break through and the, their voice isn't heard yet. And yep. then all of a sudden, mayor goes up and he gets his son Jojo and Jojo adds his his yop yep every, yop. he was the last yop to jump in and then finally that yop broke the yop pushes it over the top right right so the thing is I even think man some people believe lies that their voice isn't heard oh come on that their song doesn't Speak count this that their worship doesn't really count that they are invaluable to the Lord mm. I want to declare over everybody listening to this podcast yes. right now is that your voice matters and counts yes. before the throne yes. he loves hearing your yes. voice he, you know what he loves hearing your silence yes. he loves seeing your yes. dance yes. he loves seeing you laying prostrate on the floor like guys your worship really really matters yes. and the Lord is asking for the full expression from the full body of Christ yes. to, to just walk in obedience and whatever worship uh the Lord is asking for you that of, of that day, man. Maybe just wake up in the morning and say, Lord, how do you want me to worship you today? Yep. And I just encourage everybody to step out in obedience because yes. the Lord's going to bring you to deeper dimensions as you obey him in this. Well, and God is calling you. If you'll receive this call, he is calling you to step out into things that are not normal for you. And that's for each one of us. Because yep. again, I think I'm probably more of a loud person. So in order for me to be still, I have to step into someone that I'm not normally. Yeah. And so, but you wouldn't say to me, well, Jeff, you don't have to be still, uh, because you're not normally that way. No, the Bible says be still and know that I'm God. Yeah. So I should obey that commandment just as you who might say, well, I'm not really a dancer. You need to find yourself in your basement, in your office, in your bedroom, crank up some music and look at your feet and say feet. The Bible says in Psalm 149 and Psalm 150 and in second Samuel six and many other places that I should be dancing. Yeah. So feet right now, by faith, we're going to start. Yeah. And you say, well, I'm not really a good dancer. Well, when was it that you were good at anything before you practiced? <laughs> right. Come on. Yeah. I mean, you right. can't expect to be a good dancer if you never practice. And again, I'm not a good dancer, but I'm going to jump. I'm going to spin. I'm going to go after God. Yeah. Right? So here's Psalm 95 real quick. Just a couple verses. It says, come, let us shout joyfully to the Lord. Come on. Shout triumphantly to the rock of our salvation. But I'm not really a shouting person, Josh. Well, argue with Psalm 95 then, man. Oh, ooh, okay. Let us enter his presence with thanksgiving. Okay. Let us shout triumphantly to him in song. So we got shouting. Mm. Man, look at this. For the Lord is great. He's a great king above all gods. The depths of the earth are in his hand and the mountain peaks are his and the sea is his. He has made it. His hands form the dry land. Come, let us worship 
worship and bow down. Mm. Come on, you crazy charismatics. Uh-oh. Maybe the Uh-oh. Lord is saying, maybe you just need to bow down. Maybe you need to kneel before the Lord. Mm. Uh, let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people of his pasture, the sheep under his care. So guys, in this thing, the Lord is calling for exuberant shouting and rejoicing yep. and is also calling for worshiping and bowing down. So just to prove your point, man, scripture backs this up. Absolutely. Regardless of personality type. Yeah. And that really is it, guys. So we're just calling you to step out and it takes, I mean, I literally did the same thing that we're asking you to do years ago and I still practice it daily. Uh, just about every day I will come down in this basement and I will turn on some music and I will begin to seek the Lord. Some days it's shouting, some days it's laying on my face, sometimes it's on my knees, sometimes it's hands lifted, sometimes it's singing and praying, sometimes I'll turn the music off and start praying boldly. I mean, I'm sure they hear me upstairs sometimes. I'm yelling out to God, you know, either in in frustration or in desperate prayers. I lift up my voice. Come on, there's something to that, you know, and, and, and everybody can find something in their life where they're exuberant. You know, I joke about this. We talk about it with the football analogy. Mm-hmm. You know, you got guys who are like, well, I'm really just more quiet in church. Yeah, but you're yelling at the ref at the football <laughs> game. Come on, let's get that same attitude of yeah, boldness yeah. and let's go after Jesus Amen. together, right? Yes. Right? I mean, ladies, some of you are very quiet, but if somebody put when, that first time that, that you got that engagement <laughs> ring and put it on your finger, come on, tell me that you didn't spin around in circles in your room by yourself. Essential oils! <laughs> Essential oils. <laughs> Sorry, that was way like stereotypical. <laughs> Typical, Lord, I, Lord, I apologize. I don't know what it is. Maybe somebody came to your house with a ten million dollar check. You won the sweepstakes. You yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, you're telling me you would. You see those those commercials? People are going crazy. Yeah. Yet they'll be the first ones to sit in church with no expression on their face. Isn't that crazy? So God's calling you to step out and step in to all he is. Have that yeah. revelation of who he is in all of his fullness so that you can worship him in the fullness of who he is. It's awesome. Hey, I just want to bless you guys today. Lord, I just thank you for this podcast. I thank you for what you're doing in my life personally. Lord, I pray that you would bring us into expression. Yes. Lord, that we would release ourselves from even our own paradigms of what we think it is. Lord, I pray that you would truly teach us and help us to worship you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength in both the trembling, but also the rejoicing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, it's been really great having you guys hang with us on this week's Pure Worship Podcast entitled Rejoicing and Trembling. Truth is, anytime we find ourselves aiming toward comfort in the kingdom, we know we're likely getting off point. Most times, we should avoid believing or even teaching about approaching God and worship in the way that seems most comfortable. God's ways may seem uncomfortable right now, but they bring true comfort in the long run as we trust his instructions. Hey, we wanted to let you know that Josh and I are going to be taking a two-week break from the Pure Worship podcast for Christmas and New Year's. But we're planning on hitting the ground running, starting with the January 8th podcast, Extravagant Love. Hey, please don't forget about our two-for-one sale on my new book for the month of December 2018. Just email us at jeff at jeffdio for all the details. So until Tuesday, January 8th, we wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll see you next time for the Pure Worship Podcast.